0: evening and welcome to the American Age podcast. This is your host C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Irvine, California.
1: Hi, I'm Stephen G. Fullwood. I'm the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project here. Um, Well, not here, it's national. Um, I'm in Harlem at the moment, and it's a lovely day. I can't wait to get out into it.
2: I'm Seth Rodney. I am the opinion editor at Hyperallergic, and uh, I'm coming to you from Newburgh, where it's really beautiful. And I'm just grateful to have this weather after what seemed like an interminable winter.
0: This is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. And we're, you know, sort of informally transitioning away from transitions today. Um, But, you know, on our way out, we thought we would talk about, um, you know, how do we go about um, and what are the frustrations uh, associated with trying to uh, move other people, change other people's minds, and not in a like kind of paternalistic way, but just in a mm-hmm. in a way that like you know how do you how do you engage meaningfully with people to kind of find common ground and, and find a way to to connect and and, and move forward together. So uh, we thought we'd talk about that. Um, Steve and Seth, you guys want to jump in, get started?
2: Yeah, I want to ask a question. Actually, I want to pose it to both of you. Okay, what in recent? I guess recent. Well, it doesn't have to be recent memory. Um do you remember an instance when you did change someone's mind about something and, you, and changed it in such a way that they actually behaved differently after the conversation intervention whatever Steven do you want to
1: I'm at my NASA board right now I'm just trying to figure it out <laughs> cuz I know that I have an example or two but I'm trying to figure out how to frame them so if you want to go ahead it'll give me a second
0: so one thing I'd like to add into the mix and though this won't be my response is I'd like to throw our own minds into the mix mm-hmm. because you know I think if we're going to talk about how we can or can't change other people's minds, we should also have some transparency about how often we have our own minds changed.
1: Absolutely. Change mm-hmm.
0: no, because mm-hmm. uh, otherwise it's a little unfair, I think.
1: What's so. mm. um, also, it's like, agreed. we are the ones with the right answers. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right, earlier right. on when That's you, right, right, exactly. Before you brought yeah. up, I was like, I'm going to issue my own shit, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so, you know, I definitely would have some examples amongst intimates so amongst my wife molly my oldest son liam Mm. um it's a little different you know family dynamics are different you Mm -hmm. you know you you kind of rub up against each other in different ways and you are constantly exposed to each other's ways of of thinking about things and so they have certainly changed my mind on things
2: sorry i'm sorry to interrupt travis but i wanted to say just it it occurred to me that also as this sort of father of the family as a sort of authority figure that mm-hmm. you would have more agent or more power i think to change the minds of your 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 intimate of course absolutely
0: yeah mm-hmm. but i should be clear i mean they they have also changed my mind on mm-hmm. on topics mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. certainly so uh, but of course obviously that's what i mean the, the dynamic is different mm-hmm. outside of that maybe my maybe my dad Um, on my, my dad is a pretty good listener, uh, Mm -hmm. and, um, and is able to, you know, like anyone, you know, obviously we have different moods when we're talking to people, but is, is able to engage with an idea qua idea Mm -hmm. and, you know, and not, and not as a contested ground. Mm-hmm. that uh, up, upon which we are, you know, are on opposite sides mm-hmm. and without personalizing. It's not true about everything. Of course, not true about anyone for any, for everything, but, mm-hmm. um, but there have definitely been certainly some instances uh, with
1: him. I love cool. that, that you brought that example up. And I love this idea, engaging with the idea. Um, I think I started becoming less offended around the age of 30, 35, maybe, about issues mm-hmm. that I was passionate about that other people had mm. other takes on because mm. somehow it got into my head and i think it's because i was surrounded by people who are thinkers and they do engage ideas and they they excite me like there's a freedom in the way that they speak there's a there's a um a fidelity to the idea rather than i'm the right one and you're wrong right mm. that i really respect right. and i love thinking about people's rhetorical strategies um mm. and how they um they they deliver something so when you said that i was like yes i have friends like that there's a friend of mine named Sean who is a thinker he's a person who is methodical what happened But then what happened you know it's less of like a police you know interrogation than it is i'm trying to understand what you are saying to me so mm-hmm. that i can right. respond to you so he takes what i call that breath that people probably should take before they engage in a disagreement with someone because maybe they understand mm-hmm. this differently and that you don't have, there's, I think that right now, I understood arguing with someone as a winning, it was a, you know, winning situation. What is it? Zero sum game. I think that's Yes. Zero zero, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's how I understood it. And then I started becoming so much more interesting, interested in ideas because I felt like I was distracted by the people who were telling me things. Mm-hmm. If I didn't care for their personality. I didn't care for the way they delivered it. Yeah, I was so much more defensive and and... And at times I can still be if I don't check myself Mm -hmm. because I don't have to, I don't have to win. If I'm interested in my idea, it shows me how serious I am Mm -hmm. about what it is I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And um, that shit excites me again. I want to engage people with respect. I want to be able to walk away from someone, have some ideas, you know, and, and fully, fully be invested in that conversation as opposed to, you know, I don't, I just didn't like the way he talked to me. I mean, that could be part of it. That can be over there. But I want to say that I never thought about the Electoral College that way. Here's the way I understood it. This is the way he understood it. I want to be moved to maybe even do research. That's where my brain is and that's my heart is right now. So I think that around, the, I'd say mid-30s, I started to want to be less confrontational, contentious, because it felt like a waste of time.
2: Right. So for me, there's a moment, and I don't recall what age I was. I want to say it was my early 30s, too, that I was at some sort of colloquy. It, was not, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a conference, but it was some formalized setting in which the people gathered, were gathered in order to exchange ideas around a central issue. Um So something like a conference. And I remember Mm -hmm. the question on the floor being something like, well, what do you do when you're confronted by, or when you're in a situation where you have to deal with people with sort of um, controversial or um, what's the word, unexamined uh, 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 assumptions about the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, my perky self, said, well, you you have to be like, you have to be confrontational. You got to like, get out there and you got to tell them the truth. You got to lay out how the world works in ways that are based on evidence. And, you know, sort of rational, logical, um, sort of Socratic method kind of approach, right? Right. right. Um, and this black woman, and I remember she was black, and I remember because. I remember looking over at her and thinking um okay a black woman is saying this to me and I and I and I'm and it's making me feel odd. What she said was and she said it in a way that was really kind, but what I took from it was if you take that approach with everyone, it is actually a kind of smug approach because what you're saying is I'm seated in rationality and I'm going to give you the word mm. that comes from The mountain. And, and, and all you have to do is just accept it and you'll see that that's the way that you should be living your life. And she said, she said, you, you can't do that with everyone because people are just going to resent you for taking that kind of high-ended approach. Like you just, you can't confront everyone and get them to shift things. Like that, Mm -hmm. that was, I mean, she, again, she said it in a much more eloquent way. But I heard her and it made me feel funny and I, and I think in retrospect, it made me feel funny because it felt like she was taking away a power of mine. And ah. I, and, and, and I, and I felt and I felt and it took me a while to get around to this, but she changed my mind. Like I felt, mm-hmm. oh, you're you're absolutely right about this. And, and, and again, it took me a while to get there. It was it, right. you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it did yeah. not happen in a day or two. But I kept looking back and thinking, you know this woman was right. She's right. Like I it, me going around with my um my sword and my shield confronting people mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. is just it's it's not it's not necessarily it's not it's it's often not going to get me what I want.
1: I think about what you said to us about the neighbor across the street with the music
2: mm-hmm. and how you
1: approached him. Mm. And I think a lot of my other friend, different friends of mine, would approach that differently. But I felt like that's dead on, that's spot on. You're trying to talk with someone, you're trying to reason mm-hmm. with someone, mm-hmm. and then you're like, "This isn't going anywhere."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm going to go back to, but I tried, and I tried mm-hmm. the you you tried it where everybody was still this. You're not talking mm-hmm. down to anybody, you're mm-hmm. not talking up to anybody. You're just like
2: on the same page, yeah, a plane, yeah, yeah.
1: You know, yes.
0: Yeah. -hmm. Yeah. I think the, the, you know, the, the hardest, you know, I would say probably the most important ingredient in um, trying to change someone else's mind is being willing to change your own. Mm. And in, if I've ever had, I should, I should be fully transparent in that I feel like I've had some success in changing people's minds in that moment in order to engage um, reasonably and rationally around that particular issue by myself being open. But I have very, 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 very few examples of changing someone's mind in a persistent way that you just described, Seth, Mm -hmm. in which you, you know, you had this encounter with this woman, you know, and over a period of time that became ingested and and you saw the world differently. I don't know that I have, you know, again outside of intimates. I don't know how many examples of that I have. I mean, it would be hard to see, of mm-hmm. course, because mm-hmm. you know, you'd have to have the the right kind of contact with the person. Mm-hmm. But but you know, in my experience, it's sort of yeah, maybe in that moment you can kind of you know, sort of massage a positive fruitful dialogue with someone around an issue if if you're patient enough and mm-hmm. and you and and you yourself are listening to you know what they're saying and and are willing to amend your own positions mm-hmm. but very very rarely in my experience th- that it moves them in any kind of persistent way
2: yeah i've seen my own trajectory change over the years and i think maybe that's one of the reasons that uh-huh. I I still maintain the fiction that it's possible <laughs> because I remember being in college and um, coming out of this basically whole scale indoctrination into Christianity mm-hmm. that was my youth mm-hmm. and speaking to people and being really angry about Christians and just and just mouthing off about how mm-hmm. you know, Christianity is one of the the things that's one of the sort of um, developments in the world that's made people's life, people's lives um, worse, not better.
1: Right, now. right,
2: right. And I remember having a conversation with my friend Shane. Oh, this is this is interesting. I'm conflating two things because I remember the college conversation and okay. somebody kind of shifting my 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 feelings on that. Me coming away thinking, well. Christianity is meaningful for some people, and then it uh, shifted yep. back. I guess years later, and then when I was in London between 2006 and 2011, I was friends with uh, this couple, Shane Fitzgerald and Lisa. Uh, I'm blanking on her last name. Bel Belvin. Um, Shane and Lisa we eventually got married, and la la la. Anyway, Shane was saying, uh, I,
0: think so, "I think I've I think I met Shane actually yeah, when yeah, I went yeah, to visit yeah, you. Yeah, when yeah, you yeah, visited remember, me. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah." yeah. Shane, psychotherapist, really great Irish guy, really lovely person. Um, I remember he said to me one night when I, we were just hanging out at his that I my attitude wasn't right because he said, you know, Christianity is something that if if we didn't have that, imagine what how people would behave, how what the world <laughs> would like. And I'm not, and I'm not sure that he's right. But again, it like him saying it the way he said it to me tempered. Something uh-huh. of me You know My feeling yeah. I, My feeling ultimately yeah. May be that That things like Those sort of Large organized Belief systems Islam Christianity um May I'm not sure But I think they may Actually still be Net negatives Like At the end of the day Like mm-hmm. Having them as sort of Organizing Principles May actually intellectually impoverish us um Mm. i don't know but he but he tempered something in me by saying what he said that that
1: tempering how has it how have you demonstrated that like how is it how has it played out for you an example of it
2: yeah good question what i've noticed in my life is that um so maybe this is the problem with this is that uh, it's episodic for me like okay. I think that there were a few years when I was a little bit more open if people said, well, you know, I'm a Christian and I blah, blah, blah. I mean, if, if someone leads off the conversation with that, there's a way mm-hmm. in which I kind of now start to close down. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for a while I didn't. I think I was sort of okay. like my, res- my responses were, well, okay, that's meaningful to you. Maybe I should try to find out why that's meaningful to you and in what ways. But now it's like it's worn off, and I think I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of I mean maybe what I'm saying ultimately right now is that I haven't changed that much, you know Maybe mm. I haven't. Maybe <laughs> I <Wow>. just, <laughs> yeah. like maybe it was a blip, and I was like, oh yeah, for a couple of days, like yeah, that's ah. fine. You're, you're you're fine. You're great. <laughs> yeah. So T- tell me more about your Christianity. Tell me more about the love of Jesus. And now I'm like, um, no, don't just don't. I wonder what the context is, or the different contexts
1: that you're operating out of that you're like, no, I, I can't move in this conversation. I need to get out of it. Because yeah. I'm thinking about the opportunities you would have to talk with someone who was very, you know, very, um, very absolute, their belief in Christianity, right? Where would you meet them? Would you meet them? You know, the pandemic has, has you know, has changed things to some degree. But I was wondering, would you meet them at a party? Would you meet them at an art gallery? I'll tell you where I met the last People's one. People's House. Yeah, I tell you, I, I please went out
2: to to put something in the garbage can, which is right outside my um, my front windows, um, to the left side of the building, um, left okay. side of the building from where I am. And I put something in the garbage can. Was coming back about this was several months ago, and I remember I, I, I left my mask in the in the uh, apartment, um, thinking it's just I'm just going to run out and come back, come right back. And then there's a truck going by on the street, and he stops. And he like motions towards me. And I'm like, and he doesn't have a mask on. And he reaches mm-hmm. out, puts a uh, a pamphlet in my hand, and says something like "Jesus loves you," or "God love you," or "God bless you." And I was like, not a Jesus I know it's not really. a conversational like yeah. invitation. Yeah. I, but that's that was the last interaction with someone like that. I feel so I mm. you know i if we can stay
0: with the religion thing for a minute, and mm-hmm. so
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know I, I I mean, you're talking about billions of people that that would be potentially written off because mm. of of their association with what I think is more helpfully to to call an imagined community as opposed to a religion okay um mm-hmm. and. You know it's it's not much to, for a lot of people being a Christian or a Muslim or a Hindu or whatever it is I mean there are Hindus don't really think of themselves a, a Vaishnavite or something like that
1: okay.
0: is is in much the same way that we think of ourselves as Americans or Indians or Mexicans or right. whatever it might be right now I get and I do understand that in sort of common everyday parlance that's not how we think about those things. But I'm saying I think that is an error, mm. and and it would be just as irritating if some guy without a mask drove by and leaned out the window and handed you a pamphlet about the glories of the Mexican government, or <laughs>
2: yes, you know, or yes, or went.
0: like or nice. how how what a paradise Costa Rica is or right. something <laughs> like that. I mean, right. mm-hmm. it's the pros- it's the proselytizing right. about something that you don't have any interest in being proselytized. Those people are just irritating regardless of their denomination True. or nationality. True. It's just irritating. So, True. I don't, you know, the, the the you know, the religion thing, you know, it's hard for me to I mean, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like a, anytime you get a significant number of people together as a group and start homogenizing that group, Mm -hmm. even with its, even with, with negative traits, I'm, I'm out, you know, there are probably a handful of exceptions. There are a handful of exceptions, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, white, white, it's hard for me to imagine a white national, like someone who uh, avows white nationalism being someone I would want to sit down and have, you know, a coffee or a beer with or something like that. Um, it's probably too far, you know. That's a bridge um,
1: too far. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but beyond that, yeah. Anyway, so
1: I like what you said though about the homogenizing. It's 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 just shorthand. It's it's one of the ways our brains. I don't know this scientifically, but I think I'll say it for myself the shorthand for saying I don't want to be around those people, whatever mm. those people are. Mm. I'd much rather on my best days, and I'm trying to have better days, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) to hear something that I haven't heard before, or even if I have heard it before, Mm. not respond to it the same way.
0: Mm. Right.
1: Do you know? Um, So there's something to... So a friend of mine who recently passed away, um, named Mm. Colin, he was one of the founding members of a group called Mad in 1986. Mm. And so, as a part of getting those archives from GMAD to the Schomburg Center, we did oral histories with some of the earlier members of that group because there was a lack of records for that time. So, we wanted something to kind of give. What does is that an ac Is that an acronym for something? Sorry, <clears throat> Gay Men of African Descent, mm-hmm. GMAD. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. And um, thank you for that. And so, he said during his oral history that there was a lot of infighting, there was arguing, there was all this kinds of stuff. And he goes, but that was the work. Mm, and that' stuck mm. with me for a while because I yeah. don't always want to be in environments where we all agree, and at the same time, I always don't want to be irritated <laughs> or be challenged all the time in an environment where I'm not or you or there 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 aren't those clear um safe havens you know in people or ideas so it's It's challenging for me because I just declared that New York City is probably the place where I'll die because I really like this place a lot it gives mm-hmm. me a lot of things that I enjoy um mm-hmm. And right now, like, spring is here going, come on outside. I'm like, you're not spring yet. I know there's another snowstorm on this way. But I love New York <laughs> <laughs> for so many reasons, you know.
2: Fool me once. <laughs> mm.
1: But you won't again. No. I'm a lo- I'm a love on you right now, 63-degree 60, <laughs> weather, but I'm good. Um, but there's something about the – and I hate this word because I think it's being overused or it's being used in disingenuously – Uh, uh, diversity. I just like a lot of different kinds of people around. I want to Mm, eat different foods. I want to go to cultural places. I want to go to places where I wouldn't imagine going, but sure, I'm looking at Persian paintings from the 17th century. I'm interested in what, you know, the context who did these things. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. I'll be there forever, but Mm. in a place like, well, I won't even name a place. I'll just say that in less places where, where that doesn't exist. I need a vibrant sidewalk culture. Mm-hmm. I need a certain kind of intimacy with strangers for me to be sane. Mm-hmm. Because I know the other yeah. parts. I've lived in Atlanta. I've lived in Ohio, um, and so I, I think that that's where you can test your ideas. I mean, that's a testing ground. Do you really believe what you think you believe? And I won't. I won't be. Um, I'll be clear though. I've had issues with Christianity and some friends of mine who are Christians for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I'm so much mm-hmm. less bothered by it, Seth specifically. Mm. I'm so less bothered by it because I know I'm just interested in anthropologically, historically. I just want to know more about people's belief systems. Rather than feeling like you're proselytizing to me, I'm like, well, why do you believe this? And try to present it in a less, why do you believe this? No, I want to know. Mm-hmm. I really want to know because that's past our differences, whatever. I want to know how this informs your life. Does it make you feel warmer? Does, do, you feel, do, do you feel like it makes life more meaningful. Is it a structure from which to understand some things? Yeah. And, and, I'm and, and interested to, in that.
2: Yeah, and to, and talking to both of you, I love that you both have this sort of intellectual curiosity. Um, really, um, mm-hmm. w- um, without the sort of writer of judgment.
1: We both mm-hmm. have this intellectual well, trying, cu- curiosity trying. about yeah.
2: imagined communities, right? Uh huh. And what I'm realizing as I'm listening to both of you talk about that is that I have a block where that's concerned. And that's because of the way I grew up. Like the way I grew yeah, up, I, I believe was, that. it was so, yeah. I was, I was c- Christianed in such an overdetermined way that my sort of wow, wow. gut response is, uh, I can't, no, I can't. I, I short circuit a little bit. I think is 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 what happens. Um, but there's there, there is a moment actually. Now that mm-hmm. we've had the chance to get things moving in my head, um, I remember. I recall a moment actually, and I and I think Travis remembers this person because we talked about it. It was a woman who I think was a friend of a friend of yours, Travis. You got we got set up. Um, Or met each other for a date And we had a date And it it, it didn't work out We only saw each other like a couple of times But I remember once when I was We were hanging out And I was complaining about something That someone had done to me to racialize me They had sent something that was about Right Basically dismissing me because of my blackness And I remember being really upset about it And she said, yeah, but you are not the sign and I was, I said, what? Yeah. I she said, you are not the sign. Wow. And then she explained, it. she said, the skin color that you have is a sign for other people of whatever, you know, of mm-hmm. A, B, C, D, of having a huge dick. Of um, you know um, uh, being intellectually limited, of um, can't you, know, you can't you know, swim, yeah, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, like it's, right, like right, it's right, just right. a sign right. for all. Drag them all but, out. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, let's right, go, right? right. Like, um, um Limited vocabulary. Um, and she said, "You are not the sign. You are way more than that. You are you." Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that changed my mind. And from then on, I I mean it doesn't it's it's not like it inoculated me, right? So uh yeah, from then on it's actually Susan
0: was her name. Thank Susan. you.
2: Thank you. That's yeah, right. That's no, exactly no. right. Susan helped me to make sense of my feelings about my place in the world. Because yeah. I realized uh, in a profound way, given that that conversation, that people's sort of relegation of me to a sign is mm-hmm. not has nothing to do with me. That has nothing nope. to do with me. That's on nope. them. It's like yeah. okay, you see that, and that's what you see. I can't. I can't help you with that. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I need to be the person that I am. In all the sort of valences and ways that I can be, and that has nothing to do with them mistaking me for the sun. Yeah, I was just
1: thinking about the whole idea of the shadow. Someone's Mm. dealing with you, Mm. and there's that thing, but you're over here, and they're like this, (laughs) and it's more about what they're about as opposed to what you're about. And then some people confuse themselves with the shadow or with that thing
0: thanks for listening. That was part one of two of our podcast, and we hope you'll join us next week for our continuing conversation.